What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 17 of The Syndicate. Got the boy, Zach Machuca, probably the second most handsome man on this side of Twitter besides myself. I don't know. He might have me beat. But Zach is a fucking baller. He's been around the world. He's got a massive agency. Very cool with what he does. And he's expanding his business into a bunch of different areas. So I'm very excited to talk about it. We've had a couple uh couple hiccups scheduling this scheduling this out man but we've talked a uh, a couple times just on like some spaces a while ago man and i'm excited to uh just just get this conversation recorded i think you know from what we've talked about i think you're a cool dude you're a knowledgeable guy you know a lot about a lot and also you know i'm a fan of uh of people who've traveled and have been around the world so we're, we're going to talk about about everything um just over the course of this conversation man so what's going on dude it's good to see you yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I know it's a long time coming. Um, obviously, I've been following you for a while. We've chatted, you know, here and there on Spaces, and uh, I'm pumped, man. I love, I love what you're doing and the crew, the crew that you got and surround yourself with. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I like those guys too. So I'm excited to uh, to get started, man. I appreciate that, man. So, dude, so my first question for you, right? So I remember. So I don't know if you want to talk about it. And I can, I can cut this out if you'd like. I usually don't cut anything out, but. Um, Bring it on, man. I, I remember when I first talked to you and you told me like, so you're, you're 30, you're 30, right? Right now? 31. I'm actually going to be 32 in October, but I look like I'm like 20, 24. Dude, you look great, man. Yeah, I look young. Man. I know this is going to be audio only, but Zach's a good looking dude. And you told me like you were, you were married before. Right. And I don't know if there's something you want to talk about, but like, oh, man, let's let's start this off. Dude, like, let's you go. told me you were married before, bro. And I don't get conversations. <laughs> I don't get to talk to guys who've like been married or like even have had have gotten that far with a chick. Right. Because there's so many people like in our space on Twitter, like just so many of these guys these days were like, oh, like I'm not getting married or I'm not. I'm like not. And you're not married anymore, obviously. But like, you're like, oh, I'm not getting married. I hate like whatever they say. Um, what was that experience like, bro? Because one of my boys just got married. I know a couple people that like are, but like I really like they don't like they don't come out with their wives or anything. Like they're they, they kind of stay low case. So, like, what was that experience like? And like, I know afterwards you went around the world, which makes a lot of sense. But like, what was that like, dude? Like, dude, that's that's so funny. So like, I'll be honest, the, the the answer is it's interesting, right? It's an interesting story. Um, but I will tell you this: you may be disappointed because I can guarantee you that like the, the marriage that your, your homie, you know, is in right now is way more legitimate than the one that I was in. <laughs> so like the actual real story, and this is funny because we're starting out with bombs here. Like anybody, else, <laughs> anybody, anybody who knows me, who's like going to be listening to this, this is hilarious. So actually what happened was, um, I mean, we got married for a visa. It was, it was for a visa. And the, the, the funny part about it is that whenever I tell people that, that it was for a visa, they're like, oh, no way. They think it was for her to come to the U.S. The visa was for me to go to go to the U.K. So like people think that it's like, oh, like, you know, like that standard story. Everybody yeah. has so it was actually my, my ex. This was a couple of years ago, my ex. And um, we were together for, you know, a couple of years and we just thought like, well, she, she had graduated college and she was going to go overseas full ride scholarship to a university in, in, uh, in the UK. And then we we're like, all right, well, you know, if I, I'm not a long distance guy, it, it, it's not yeah. going to happen. It's not going to work. So it's like, do we call the quits now or do we kind of go for it? And for me, the kind of person I am, I'm a big risk taker. I trust myself, yeah. put me overseas. I'm going to take care of business however way I can. I just need to be legal to work, right? I'll get a job. Yeah. So um, I was like, we were like, all right, maybe we should just, you know, get the paper signed 
um, and see what happens. So whatever, we go to the courthouse. My dad was with me. Listen, I, I had warned my family that we might be doing something like this like six months earlier. And can I tell you, they roasted me. I like, they crushed me. I was just berated by my family for like, probably like 45 minutes straight when I brought up the idea to them, you know, like six months prior that it was. Yeah. Anyways, like, so we, we, I mean, for me, did, did it suck yet? Yeah, that was shitty to hear. I was like, everything that they were saying, I was like, listen, you think I haven't considered this? Right. And like, whatever. anyways, obviously I did, I do what I want. So um, we ended up going through with it anyway. Um, after that happened, you know, she went to the UK going to university and we did a little long distance. I was helping my parents uh, close on a home. So I couldn't leave right. my job. I was working in corporate at this time. So before my agency, before everything, I was working in like an office staffing and recruitment. And then um, finally they closed on the house because, you know, the house is in my name. Um, and then I was like, all right, good. I'm, I'm, you know, free to go. And then basically before I even got there, it kind of just hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember being in Chicago. I was in Chicago with my boys, whatever, partying. And yeah. it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And honestly, she might be listening to this. I don't really care. But like, it kind of hit me like, and this is just the truth of how I felt at the time. Maybe, you know, no attacks on anybody. But it just hit me like, I felt that she was probably the most selfish person that I've ever met in my life, right? And it just kind of hit me when things got real. So then I, I ended it with, I broke up with her before I even made it to the UK. So I have like this passport that has like this visa that I'm legal to work in the UK. Ended up breaking up with her. Start, the, I'm like, whatever, you know, start the divorce, um, you know, like papers and stuff. And like, then I'm like, oh shit. So now I'm, now I'm, a divorce, now I'm about to be a divorcee, like without even actually being married. And yeah. then um, from there, that was when I, um, I had already in my mind, like quit my job. I had already like checked out. I was already going to go overseas. I was already like done. Yeah. So, when I, so when I ended it with her, I was like, fuck it. I'm going, I'm just going to go to Europe anyway, just somewhere else <laughs> by myself with double the budget. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, fuck that. So then I was like, I went to Portugal. My best friend was out there. So I linked up with him. And then like, honestly, like from there, the story just continues to get kind of like ridiculous. It like, obviously like without her involved in that, uh, yeah. this was like right as the pandemic was happening. Yeah. So I was in Europe when that happened, but yeah. So, I mean, it was short lived. I am a divorcee. It wasn't a real marriage. I broke up with her before we even were together while being quote unquote married legally. And, uh, and that's it. So a lot of people don't know that about me. I know most people would be like, Oh, like she left you. Like it's always like that. People always got something to say, but that's pretty G. I think that's pretty G regardless if it happened or not, you did what you had to do to get the job done. And that just speaks to who, who you are and, and just what kind of guy you are. Right. You know, that reminds me of this story. I don't know if I, should, I, I don't know if I should tell this story. Because yeah, yeah, my, yeah. So one of my best friends, right, his uncle. Now, my one of my best friends I grew up with since I was about 14, 15, was from Algeria. And Fareed, if you're listening to this, bro, I love you, man. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. So when he was, so he's from a, a small village by the sea, a literal village by the sea on the Mediterranean in Algeria. And what happened was, so his, his mom's little brother is about 10 or 15 years younger than his mom. And they, I remember he was like, he told me the story. He was like 12 or 13 and they were all sitting at the table and they had uh, France and America on two chairs, like written on the two chairs for some reason in, in Berber, in the Algerian language. And my buddy already, he, but by the time he was like 14, 15, he spoke five languages. He spoke, he spoke Berber, which is 
uh, Algerian. He spoke French, English, or barely any English. He spoke, he spoke, and he spoke Arabic. So he spoke three. Came over to America, and we played, we played soccer with a bunch of people from Mexico and Chile. And he learned Spanish, and then he learned, and obviously he learned English. And his uncle got sent to. Apparently, like they got, he, he was going to get sent to France, right? But the issue is, is with Algerians because like there's so much like political tension with Northern Africans, like people from Tunisia and Libya and, and Egypt and Algeria even, and uh, sometimes Morocco, but not really coming over to Europe because it's, right, it's like a two, it's a couple hour boat ride. They're really, really, really strict on their immigration laws because it's part of the European Union and the European Union, you can't. You can't do certain things that you can do in Africa, let's just say. And so his uncle apparently can't get into France, right? And he gets sent back. So what he does is he takes a boat instead of, instead of just straight up to South France, he takes a boat and he goes, I believe he goes to Italy. And from Italy, he tries to go and he's like, okay, well, I'll just get on a plane, right? This is like, I want to say this is like 2009. I want to say about 2008, 2009. And obviously the world is a lot less connected, you know, 15, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. So he gets, he goes over to Italy and he tries to go and he buys a flight ticket to France. Cause he's already in Italy. He tries to take, take a flight to France. The Italians don't let him, uh, they don't let him fly. Right. They say, Oh no, you can't board the plane, whatever. He buys a plane ticket and everything. So he gets off. He, so he goes like, okay, well, they're not letting me in at this airport. He takes a bus three hours across Italy, goes to another airport, a small bullshit airport, buys a fucking ticket and flies into Paris and flies into Paris or somewhere in France. Right? So now he's in France because the guy speaks French. And so that's how he got into fucking France. He literally, he snuck into France. This motherfucker, he goes, it was always my dream to come to America. It was always my dream to, and I, I met him many, many, many times. Always my dream to come to America. And so he pulls up in France and he lives in, he, and he started, and he lived in Paris. And he goes, you know, I wanted to come to America. And I thought the easiest way of coming to America was I just had to really get good with flirting with girls. And so he would go, his ass would go and work construction and on his lunch breaks, start construction, whatever he did, calling, right? pulling up at no, like be pulling up on like right, right. any girl that looked American or any girl he heard speaking English, like near the Eiffel Tower and shit. And guess what? One day, we're chilling. Me and my boy are like, me and my boy are chilling, and he like goes over to his house or something. He's like, oh, my mom's calling me. Like he's like, oh, I gotta go home. My mom's calling me or something. And he goes, he goes home. His fucking uncle is sitting in his house on his couch in America. No. And, we're going, what? and he's sitting there with some American girl saying, we're going to get married. Holy shit. And that's it's how he got. Well, a, it, there, there are several lessons in there. You know what I mean? First lesson, it's a numbers game, fellas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's fantastic. So that, like, that's you what make that it means. Happen, man. No. You make it happen. Right. And I know that's a little bit of a long story, but 
you know, it, it's it's about always finding ways to do to do shit that you want to do. So where did you so you you traveled? I think you traveled for like what a year, Zach? Yeah, I lived in um I lived in Australia for a year actually. Um, that was back in 2015, 2015 to twenty sixteen. Okay. I, left, I literally left Australia the day my visa expired because I didn't want to waste a single day. It was easily the best year of my life. Really? Hands down. Yeah. What'd you do? So that was actually, um, I mean, this is, that's the thing. Like all of my stories are kind of intertwined with like a big event or like something, you know, and I actually, um, like I actually had to like, before that I had to leave college early to help take care of my grandmother. She was sick. Okay. I had to put in the time with my family and help her. You know, yeah, dude, I was in the hospital with her for like three months from like 11 p.m. to 9 a.m. every day. Mm -hmm. Thought I was going crazy. She finally got better, thankfully. Obviously, she's passed since, been several years. But um, once she got better, I was like, all right, you know, I couldn't go back to school. I had a balance that I had to pay. Um, But um, I was like, fuck it. I need to do something crazy. My sister was living in Australia at the time. I had $200 in my pocket. It's like, fuck it. I'm going to Australia. You know, I'm done. I'm I'm going. So I went there um, and I didn't have any work experience at that time. Right. I was a fresh grad, but I was like, you know what? I bet you I would crush sales. I was like, I, I you know what I mean? I was like, that, yeah. that's the path that I'm, that I'm going to pursue whatever, put me on a phone. I'll figure it out. Um, yeah. I got a job in like my first week when I was there um, and crushing it in a call center in Australia. Everybody there was a backpacker as well, all over the world. I've best friends for, you know, for, I, I, can, I have a place to stay in most countries. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. just, just, just from that call center. Um, and uh, from there, that was in Sydney. So I worked for like six months. Obviously, I was making like $900 a week, which was like decent. You know, I was enough to basically pay rent, party and save. And then uh, after six months, I got my tax return. And I was like, all right, you know, that's it. I got myself fired. Uh, this is actually a little funny story. Um, basically, I got, my, I got myself fired at the end because you have your KPIs in the call center. They track yeah. them. Yep. talk time, how many times you're yep. calling. So I would make my sales hit my, hit my like quota. But I was like, fuck it. I hit my quota. I'm happy with that. I don't need to fucking double this. Like, I'll save it for tomorrow, whatever. But they would still be on you. You know what yeah. I mean? They still give you shit. So, yeah. what I used to, what me, me and a few of the people in the office used to do, this is hilarious. So, first, I mean, I, yeah, I got fucking fired. So, I used to call the radio station, listen to music. And then, like, that was my talk time, was the music, hang up call the radio station back again. That's one more call. Listen to it, like, you know, like, like two minutes, whatever. And, like, it spread across like the office and like me and like a few other people were doing it. Needless to say, it all came fucking crashing down. Like they caught us all, but it worked out because like when they caught us, I was ready. I was ready to, uh, to create yeah. play. I was like, perfect. I'm like, I'm fired. I was like, all right, no problem. And then I was like, all right, time to travel. Went to the Northeastern tip, which is Cairns. Yep. And uh, backpack all the way back down to Sydney for like the next six months. Wild. The most wild experience of my life like it was it, it was the best it was the best you know I like I was obviously like hustling my way obviously it didn't take me too long to fucking become broke while I was yeah. traveling as well because I was fucking partying like a madman yeah but yeah like you know yeah sleeping on the beach with my with your suitcase because you know you had nowhere to go mm-hmm. uh, luckily the weather was nice but um, that whole year was was crazy. Obviously, like you know, you're an American in Australia. It's like being an Australian in the states. You know, all you have yeah, to do is yeah, 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 yeah. All you have to do is open your mouth. You know, and people are like, wait. And every girl is like, where are you from? You know what I mean? And like, oh, you sound like you're from a movie. I used to crush, dude. That's how I felt when I was in Eastern Europe. When I was just when I was in Eastern Europe, or you're in you're in like fucking Spain or something. Like the thing is, is like after, especially after like 
Corona, everyone is like, they're like, oh, no one can, America, I thought Americans can't travel. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm here, bitch. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so, dude, it, it's absolutely like any guys, like, I'll, I'll tell you this, like, dude, people glorify, like, you know, foreign girls, right? When you go over to another place, like, they're, like my American, my American brothers, like, you are the foreign girl. You, that's you. Exactly. That's you. And it, it's, it's weird, right? It's weird because, like, I mean, granted, in the States, like, you know, there's a lot more people from, like, other, like, several countries. Yeah. Right? It's not just, like, the same, the same of one culture. Like, we're getting a bunch of different cultures. So, like, yeah. whenever people come, they feel, like, kind of, like, isolated, you know, like, if they do come from overseas, yeah. like, you know. But, like, when you, yeah, it, it, it was a very surreal kind of feeling, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I literally, literally, what I used to do in the uh, in the club was I'd walk up to a girl, and this was the pickup at the time because you clearly gives you a false sense of confidence in reality once you get mm-hmm. back home. But yeah. like, I, I literally be like, uh, "Hey, um, you know, m- m- whatever." Literally, I'd be, "Hey, what's up? My name, my name is Zach. What's your name?" And they would literally look at me, squint their eyes, and they'd be like, "Where are you from?" And I'd yeah. be like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, no, from from US." And like, "Oh my god!" Like I. You know, like, uh, like, and that's it. You're, that's the thing, right? You're automatically interesting. Yeah. Now or like, you just fuck with them. And you're like England, and you say it was smooth with no accent from England. Yeah. Um, and dude, in college, dude, in college, me and my friends used to act like we used to put on fake accents and act like we were from like Italy. Act like all my, <laughs> well, my, my Brazilian boys, like, because I played soccer in college, and like, so all okay. like, the whole team would go out. A lot of yeah. Brazilians on my team. And like we used to go out and like fake accents, like we were Italian. We used to say like, yeah, like you know, my my dad is uh, you know, uh, whatever, like is like a minister or is like an ambassador, like whatever. <laughs> Obviously, like it was all banter, you know, like we were talking shit. But like it'd be great, the girls would eat it up. It's probably, probably I mean, looking back now, right? We're whatever, we're young. But, I mean, uh, yeah, it was, it was you're hilarious. just having fun, right? Like you're just. I, th- I think there's nothing wrong with having fun I, as long as there's no malice involved. As long as you're like not lying to people for the most part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like only about only about where we come from, who our parents are, and uh, that's yeah, that's it. Nothing, nothing else. Doesn't matter. So let's transition. So, like, do you think that when you went out to Australia, right, you were fresh grab, no fun, no experience whatsoever, right? Do you think that that kind of primed you? Because, like, dude, I had the same experience. I did the same, almost the same thing, except I did it for like not for six months. I did it for almost two years. Like. Do you think that primed you for the success you have now and like kind of being able to get like on the phone with anybody and like kind of running your own shit? Do you think like that kind of was like an experience where like, all right, well, I'm, I'm crushing numbers. Like I know that I'm going to be good at this kind of forever and then I can go and do something that I want to do. Like, what'd you do? So you went to Australia for a year and then you came back to the States and then you met like your, the girl, you met the girl that you were going to get the visa for visa with. Right. And yeah. then you went back over to Europe. So you were traveling a lot. So like, I'm, I'm, Sure. I mean, like you're getting maybe different jobs. You were doing different things or, or kind of just fucked off. But like, what do you think was like, cause you, you do like, are you, you're doing what? Like seven figures a year right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we did like, we did like a mill mill last year in revenue. So that's awesome. So do you think like, what do you think? Like kind of you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business versus, um, going in and being like, all right, well, I'm just going to continue crushing sales or like, yeah, I, I I hear you. I'd say honestly, for me, I knew I knew I was gonna start my own business even before all of this stuff. So like I, when I was in college, um, I was fortunate enough to have like a teammate who, uh, this kid from Israel is my teammate. His name is Ben 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 Behron. Shout out Ben. Um, he actually had his own company called it was like called Alcahoot. It was like the world's first 
smartphone breathalyzer, you know, and he was in college and he was a part of like college startup, you know, what okay. I mean? like dorm yeah. startup, whatever. So like that, that was dope. I already knew that I wanted to do that before, um, you know, I met him. I knew I wanted to start my own company. My dad was an entrepreneur. I didn't really even connect the dots because like he's my dad. I didn't really think yeah. about it. Um, but, you know, seeing him do it, it kind of just made it real for me. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, there's no way. I mean, I never really had much respect for authority. Yeah. Anyway, I, you know, I, I didn't really let, I was a terrible student, terrible student. You know, um, my, my mind wouldn't allow me to learn things that I had, had no interest in. You know, chemistry, bio, like I knew I was going to be doing those fucking things. Was that in college or high school? All, all of it, man. Oh, uh, really? High school, bad dude. I got into college by the skin of my teeth, honestly. Like, and, you know, um, and even, even in college, like I, I was, te- I was bad, dude. I, you know, and it's, it's, but it is interesting. It's like, I got a D in English and now, now I make, you know, how much money writing copy, you know, and, and the campaigns and, 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 you know, things like that. It's, it's ridiculous ads. Like, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I mean, from there, um, yeah. Like I'd say sales, getting into sales for me, I kind of always knew I would at least start there um, yeah. because you know, it's not like I was going to be doing STEM. Um, but I will say, yeah, I owe all like, I mean, I owe all of my success to, to my, to my sales experience, right? Like being in the grinder, like the boiler room environment being rejected again and again and again, like you're it, like that, that type of shit builds character, man. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like if, if you don't know what to do, get a sales job. Um, if you weren't a great student, get a sales job. Like there's a big difference between being book smart and having emotional intelligence, you know? Um, and it really molds you for me, most entrepreneurs have a come from a sales background, right? So yep. like, those are, those are the two closely linked things. So if you did want to start a company, that's what you wanted to do. You can't take a shortcut, man, get in the sales seat and like, it will prime you. I promise. So that brings me to my next question, bro. It's like, how many businesses did you go through until you found that? Cause you have a brother, right? Who's crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So your brother, your brother's crushing it and you're also crushing it across my bad. I just got a text. Um, so what kind of was like, how many business models did you go through until you found what you're doing now? Like till something popped off. Yeah. So for me, I mean, Dude, I had a bunch of, listen, I had a million ideas, right? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to come up with the next SaaS. I'm going to come up with whatever X, Y, Z. So I actually, and this kind of goes back. So I actually taught myself how to code, um, like while I was in the hospital with my grandma, like I was in the hospital every day. I was losing my mind. I was like, I need to increase my value somehow. So I taught myself yeah. Ruby on Rails. Um, and I was trying to just like build stuff. Like, you know, I had a few ideas. One was like a, whatever, like a, a recruiting platform It's called job fill. And it was like, you can, yeah basically exchange candidates with other recruiters and help each other out. So everybody gets paid. Everybody helps, you know, each other fill positions, whatever. Um, I mean, that was, I mean, looking back now, not a great idea, you know, but it's one of those things Um, when it comes to like the digital marketing side, I had like, I had done digital marketing like before and I actually first started making money um, by selling. uh, So like these novelty crypto coins. So Hmm. it was like, it was like a physical Bitcoin that was like a novelty metal coin. Yeah. Ethereum, whatever, like Ripple. It was like, you know, the three of those. Yeah. And I was dro- basically drop shipping those. And, uh, dude, I, was, I, made, I made like a couple of G's from it, you know? And that yeah. was just like fig- figuring it out, like watching YouTube videos and just like coming up with a cool name and finding. But I just knew that those would sell. Um, pu- putting them on Insta, like on some, certain crypto pages and like promo and shit like that. Um, and it was pretty good. But like after that, that got my feet wet into digital marketing. But to be honest, like 
I wouldn't be in this industry without my brother. So my brother actually was the one who kind of saw the opportunity like for like appointments and go high level and like, you know, that whole value prop. And he's actually the one who's like, Hey, like you should look into this too. Um, yeah. For me, my brother, there's no company that's big enough for the two of us. So my thing was like, listen, I'll do this. I was like, but there's no way we're going to work together in the same company. Cause I knew that would just be, listen, if, if, if we were able to work together, I promise you we would take over the fucking world, but we, we can't like it, whether it's ego, whether it's dynamic, you know, me and my brother, like we're, we're both very good at what we do. But there, there's just not enough room for both of us, you know. That's interesting you say that. That's really interesting you say that because I always I always think like, okay, if you have a brother, then you have a teammate, right? But that's interesting that you say, like, there's no nothing that's big enough for the two of us. Cause do you think it's more of like um I want to build something on my own or let's build things on our own and then come together now? Well, there, there are come together there. later. I get what you mean. I'd say that like, and again, I want to give him all the credit in the world too, because it's, it's the truth. Like I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without him, you know? And it's just, it's just a fact. So, but with him, I'd say um, we do have, okay. So we, we respect each other, right. But we have very different philosophies. We have different plans. We have different dreams. We have different ways that we want to scale the company for instance, right. Um, I always wanted my company to be 100% remote. Mm-hmm. I think remote uh, the world. I want to stay lean. That, that it is what it is. I don't want to have to go into an office. And I think we can. I can, you know, manage the company well remotely. For him, he saw it being an office. He wanted to have an office, a headquarters. He wanted to build out that team in that regard. So he did that. Yeah. You know? And it, it is. It's actually a very interesting case study because, like, when you look at both of our companies and the different paths that we've taken, it's just interesting to see like the results per, you know, like the the decisions being made because we both do basically like the same thing. Mm-hmm. you know so it's and then, like and is there a difference in like i'm sure you guys talk all the time like is there a difference in and you don't have to you don't have to answer if you don't want but like yeah. is there a difference in in so because you keep everything remote right now my question is is because he has the office and he has a team right obviously like there's higher expenses right so that obviously eats into the profitability of the company so i think there's a trade off right and like what you're saying is like obviously like you have a business like can be 100% remote. There's none of the other costs that come associated with having an office, having a team, paying like, you know, dental and all these. I don't know if you offer like benefits or employee benefits or anything, but like there's no, there's no, there's a lot less expectations put on the employee versus coming into an office. Yeah, that might make you high, more profitable, but also it might be a little bit harder to, let's say, scale as fast as he's scaling. Right. Because yeah, he's hundred percent trade trade off trade off is the perfect way to put it. Okay. Because yeah, there's you will not get as good, we'll say as high of quality of like training or engagement or culture and stuff like that, right? And person's yeah. always gonna be better. So like for him, um, obviously, you know, me and him, we we talk like uh, you know, every day, every other day, yeah. right? Like it, you know, so it's it's one of those things where I know that for him and his sales team specifically way easier to get them switched on way easier to you know not we'll say micromanage but listen to their conversations right yeah. like they're in person and see what they're doing right see what they're doing wrong and it just gets you a result faster gets them you know making more sales at the end of the day faster right so yeah i'd say there are trade-offs there um for me and the way that i view it you know you can you can get it done i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to say like which is i guess better i will say in person is better but for me, exactly the trade-off, like the, the expense of the office space for me 
I didn't want that. Yeah. That that is a choice guys. Like look how many fucking offices there are out there. Right. Like that, that's not an outlandish thing. That is totally good. Like if if that's the kind of business you want to build, it's your choice. So yeah, definitely a definite trade-off. But for me, you know, remote for me, for me, the remote is always going to be the way I I don't Mm -hmm. want an office and I probably never will unless, you know, I start like a fucking, really like massive SaaS and like we need that team and you know what I mean we have like a massive round of funding stuff like that yeah. then, then why not you know and, and it also like so the thing is is and this is what I, I kind of feel like because I was literally just having this conversation last night because I was watching a movie and like it was like some guy was in a marketing agency in an office and I was like I was like I always wanted to when I when I like was just starting out when I was like 19, I was like, Oh, I want to like go into the office. I want to have a bunch of employees. Like, cause I've always been business driven, but like, I want to have a bunch of employees and I'll see you later. Uh, I want to have a bunch of employees and I want to like do all this stuff. And I'm like, yo, like I'd rather not do that now. I'd rather have everything be a hundred percent remote and just handle it. Right. Because you, I feel like having like building out that team and like having an office and like doing all that stuff. Yeah. It it allows you to scale faster because it monopolizes that eight to nine hours at seven to nine hours a day that your employees are there. Right. It's easier to keep someone focused and less distracted. If you're able to sit there as the founder of the company, be like, yo, why are you, why are you browsing Reddit, bro? Why are you on Twitter? Right. Like what's up with your talk time, bro? Like, or like, yo, like, sitting down and telling them like, or having, or even like one-on-one meetings, right? Like sitting across and like having that access to you and being like, you know, what are you struggling with? Or like, what do you think's holding you back from being really successful here? Right. And really like managing and motivating on both sides. Right. Because I think to run a successful company or to actually manage your employees and keep them on track, not only motivated, but also managed on track so that they're performing well, it's a spectrum, Right. And you can't go too far on one way that you can go the other way, right? Because if you motivate them too much, it's like you're their friend. And if you manage them too much, they don't like you. So you have to go kind of both ways. But I don't think like, I don't think an office or like having that kind of big team and scaling really hard is, is out of the question for you. I think it's just a matter of if it aligns with your worldview and your vision, right? Which brings me to my, my next question. Zach is what is your, like, what are your goals right now, bro? So like you came out of sales, you've been around the world. Like, do you want to do more of that? Is that something that you see? Like, I mean, you live, you know, you live in a great place in Florida. Like you, you seem to be fucking crushing it. Right. So like, do you think you've like by society standards, I feel like a lot of people would look at you, you know, good looking dude, early thirties, highly successful. Like you've, you've kind of won the game. Right. So what are your goals now, like that you've achieved, like a lot of things that most people would say, like are, you know, the, the vision for their entire life? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's one of those things. And I think I actually tweeted about this recently. It's like in five, five years from now, like I'm going to look back and basically it's, it's one of those things. Five years ago, I would have dreamed of where I am right now. Yeah. Right? dream absolutely dreamed and now i'm here and it's like it's not all that great (laughs) you know what i mean like it's cool but it's like for somebody for somebody who's as motivated you know by definition somebody who can kind of get to a level like a certain height it's never going to be good enough man 
You yeah. know what I mean? In five year, five years from now, like I'm, I, I same. I'm dreaming, dreaming about it. Right. I'd say like my goal right now is, yeah, man. Honestly, I'm. I want to. I want to retire from everything, man. I want to really? like. You know, I, I want to retire. Work on passion projects with no pressure, as as much capital as possible, as whatever I need. Um, basically, outsource everything. Have several businesses that are recession proof. Um, I want to acquire as many properties as possible. I want to build an empire. You know what okay. I mean? And that's, that, that's the thing, right? It's like just because you run a business, it's like, yeah, the business is, does well, but people have different definitions of security. Yeah. For me, for me, my security is not only my security, right? For me, the feeling of security is me being secure, my parents being secure, my brother being secure, my sister, my children, my grandchildren. Like I, I, yeah. I want to secure everyone around me and that's much bigger than myself and one person's success, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's long-term, right? And I, I, I literally think about certain moves that I make I think about certain like jewelry, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, when I, like, I've got like a gold chain, I'm like, this chain doesn't even belong to me. This chain, this chain belongs to my, to my son. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm always kind of, that's kind of like how I think about things. It's always for the legacy. It's always for the kids who don't exist yet. It's always for, you know, it's, it's for, it's for the empire. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, I'd say that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's more so just really, really building, building wealth, but also, um, doing it fat quickly enough to where I can also enjoy, you know, enjoy, enjoy life, like, and, and have like downtime and have freedom. That's a, that's a really cool way to look at it. I saw this, this really cool ad that I think is going to resonate with you. And it was a, it was an ad, it was an old ad, I think in the sixties or seventies for Patek Philippe. And it said, you never really own a Patek Philippe. You just simply look after it for the next generation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. What's your, what's your number? Everyone's got a number, right? Like I was, I talked to Nick Rogers, his number's a hundred M's. He said, you need, he said, you need, you need, he said 30, $30 million is poor, poor these days. You need way more than that to even live like a, a totally free life. So what's your number? As of right now, because we all know this number is going to, it's going to go up, right? It goes up. I don't know why, man, but when I first got started, like when in the beginning, for some reason, I don't know why this number was in my head, but I kind of just grabbed onto it and it was 60 mil. I don't, I, but again, right. Like I, I, I want a hundred, I want a couple hundred mil. Right. But for some yeah. reason it's good to identify a number and kind of keep that in your head and visualize it and really, mm-hmm. you know, make that, make that like the, like a goal, at least um, you can say a hundred million, but it's like, okay, well now, now you're still not a number. Right. For me, yeah. it's like, for some reason that 60 million resonates with me. I don't know why, like, but that, that's my number right now. That's the Dave Chappelle number. Is it? Yeah. Signed your contract for 60 million. Was it 60? Was it 50 or 60? It was 60. He said, he said, he was, he said, man, he said, I was doing this Netflix special. And he said, you know, in television, they count down, you know, 30, 28, 29, 27. He said, man, they're counting down, ready to go on stage. And he said, I hadn't signed the contract yet. And he said, yeah, you sure this is right? And he said, and he said, I walked out on that stage and he's like, Man, I just made sixty million dollars. <laughs> That's funny, dude. I actually was watching his uh, his new his new uh, like special uh, yesterday. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like. Not- yeah, it's him talking to like a school. It's all right. I, 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 that's what that's what he that's what he said that. That's the story that I was watching that. I think it's it's funny to think about like the the degree level of success, right? Like a lot of us, our frame of reference is so zoomed out in terms of like what's actually achievable for humans. 
And the reason I say that is because like, I sit here with you, you're like, yeah, I want to make 60 mil. Like, because everything else that you're just like, all right, like, do you feel like when you were building the business, like to you, for you to get to a million dollars a year, do you think that, do you, do you really feel like it was a challenge or do you think it was just like you were going through the motions and you ended up, you looked up one day and you're like, oh yeah, we didn't made a million dollars. It's honestly like, I, like, I think a lot of people can resonate with this. It's like my, nothing beats your first couple of sales. You know what I mean? Like nothing beats that man. Like I remember hitting like 15 K like, or like 20 K and being on top of the world, you know? And then it's like 80, like 50 to like 80 K was, I was numb to it. And then a hundred K I was like, okay, this is cool. But then that's the thing. And then you go up, then you could, and then you go up and down, up and down and then you climb. Yeah. And like by, by, by the time it gets to that point, it's like, it's just really more of the same, you know? And I think for me, I'm going to have that feeling again, like really, really again, like 500K or like a million a month, you know? And I, I, I'd like to think, I'd like to think that I would get that, you know, feeling back. The only, the only person who wants to celebrate is, is you, you know what I mean? It's like, cause like, it's, what are you going to say? Yay. You know what I mean? Yay. Hey, some other guy got pitched. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I did it. You know? And then it, but then same thing, man. And it's a true dude, more, more money, more problems, man. Like it, it really, it really is true. Like your stress does compile there. There's a lot more that goes into supporting that type of income. Yeah. It's not just doing the same, the same thing again and again. I mean, it is, you can have the systems, but it takes, it takes more to get there. Yeah. Do have more responsibilities to get there and stay there. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, that's kind of what I see too. It's like, all right, yeah, I'll do these numbers, but like the goal is to do these numbers and not have that feeling of yeah and start and start to <clears throat> and start to kind of let go of of the things that you have to do on a day like kind of fire yourself essentially exactly but obviously that comes with a cut in the profitability of the business exactly but that oh. and this is exactly the case as to why you should have multiple right exactly and now i think the same thing that you just said it's very similar to when i talked to kevill Right. Kevin is like 26. He's doing 200 K a month. Yeah. Like he's just eating, just crushing everything. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm not even really, she's like, yeah, I'm like not even sure to what I'm, what I want to do with the money. I'm not even, I'm not even sure. It's like, I looked up one day and it was, it was there. (laughs) Right. Because you just go through the motions and you do the, you do the same things. And like, I think it's always good to, to innovate and iterate on things that you do. Right. And I think that helps you stay passionate about, what you're actually building. But I, I was, I was kind of going through this as well. It's where it's this idea and this thought process where like, sometimes you say you want to do things, right. You say you want to build something or you say like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm really like, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to get like, you know, five more clients or I want to get 10 more clients or I want to go do like whatever it is, but there's something inside you that's holding you back because you're already successful. You kind of start sometimes in life, you, you can get comfortable and you can lose that hunger that you had for that thing that you're doing. That was like, me this year. I literally, this is the most complacent year that I've had in a very long time. And finally now I'm get, kicking it back. Yeah. Right. And, and the reason I say that is because sometimes your brain and your, you want to do things like you want to go and you're like, all right, I want to grow the business. I'm going to do 80, 80 grand a month. I want to do hundred grand a month. I want to add an extra 30, 40 K revenue. Right. Because I think that's going to move the needle when it comes to whatever I want to buy. Right. You say you want a Lambo, right? I always use the Lambo example. Say you want a Lambo. You're like, okay, I need to add 30 K 
a month onto my onto my bottom line revenue or, or like even like 15 grand a month just like oh just to have it to pay for it just an extra 15 grand like just so just so i know everything's all right because even though like you might be making 100 grand a year you might be making 50 grand or 100 100 grand a month or 50 grand a month and you're sitting there and you're like okay well you know that's not enough because everyone has different levels of security right you don't want to be overstretched and the reason i say that is because you might say that you want to do these things, but there's something inherently kind of in your spirit holding you back, even though you're a good, you're a good, like a really good entrepreneur, you're very good at sales, very good at business. And to actually do the thing that you want to do, it would take, you know, not that much effort, right? But even putting in that effort, you're like, nah, fuck that. I don't feel like doing it. 100%, 100%, man, getting comfortable accomplishing something you want to. And this is, I say this is like a regret. I mean, kind of a regret, kind of not. Um, because listen, you know, I do think it is about making memories. I do regret, I, God, I do regret the, the amount of money I've been spending uh, this past, this past, you know, year. But, um, I'd say that, um, <clears throat> yeah, when it, when it comes to getting comfortable, having fun, put it this way, reaping, reaping the rewards of your labor, right? Cause people sure burnout does exist, but once you start to get a result and you get to a certain level and things start running on its own. It's almost like that's your, that's your, that's your floor now. Yeah. That's your floor. Yeah. So then you're essentially starting something new at a new floor. That is a totally different dynamic of what your other floor was. Your other floor was you, you couldn't go out. You couldn't enjoy yourself as much because you couldn't afford to. There were little, there were limitations on you Yeah. financially, whatever. So it, yeah. it didn't allow you to do anything else. Whereas the more money you have now, the more distractions, the more temptation, you know, the, the more, the more comfort you have. So it's hard to navigate that and really get up that, like, you know, find that motivation in you to start something new. It's, uh, it's harder. It is, it is harder. I believe, you know, the motivation that I have right now is nowhere near the motivation I had when I was first getting started, because when your back's against the wall, that's, that's when, that's when people just start to fucking cross. Show me somebody successful. I will show you someone who's been beaten, battered and bruised. Yeah. You know, I completely agree. So how, did, how have you been rewarding yourself and how do you reward yourself? Because I think that's important because you don't want to sit there and watch a number go up on a screen and never enjoy anything. Right. So how do you, what do you do specifically? Like, do you go, do you go travel? Do you go to the club? Like, yeah, I'll be, yeah, so honestly, I'd say, I'd say, so this, this, this calendar year and maybe like the end of last year, I'd say it's probably the most partying I've like, I've ever done in my life, man. And like, I'm, I'm surrounded with a good group, right? Like my group of friends, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. They all do well, right? We, we, when we party, we party hard, you mm -hmm. know, we do the, we're, we're very, very plugged up in South Florida. Like whatever we do, we do the, the biggest and the best at any, literally anywhere in Miami, anywhere in Fort Lauderdale, right? Like full access. It's like fake life, like they, like you dreamed about when you were, when you were younger, you know, yeah. you saw the other guys doing that cool stuff. So like, you know, we're, we're in that. So with that, like I did, that's how I was rewarding myself was partying. I was living that playboy fake lifestyle, obviously, you know, trying to get as many women as possible, you know, be, being that, being that guy that everybody knows. And, you know, you're a baller, you're this, you're that. And yeah. honestly, like, for me now, listen, everybody, everybody grows, everybody evolves like that, that was fun. Sure. I'll, you know, do that every now and then, but it's gotten to that point where it's like, listen, that, that stuff has got, it's really got to stop. It's just, it's a lot of the same. Um, and 
for me, and this is kind of getting personal here. Like I hate to be the person that's expected to be somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, you, you, like that, that's what was kind of like a little bit of like a, like an alarm bell in my head. I was like, people are expecting me to be certain places during the week. And I didn't like that. I, I don't want to be expected to be at, at, I don't want to be expected to be at 11, right? <laughs> like in Miami, at a <laughs> you know, and it's like, I want to be that person that's, you know, not out, you know, all the time, but when they are, everybody's like, Oh fuck. Like now, 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 now it's going to be a night. You know what I mean? And like scarcity, scarcity of your presence. Like I think is important too. It makes people appreciate, appreciate your presence a lot more. Yep. Um, and also for me, honestly, like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm cool to settle down, dude. I've had a lot of fun over many, many, many years. Like I've been single a majority of my life. I told like my, with my ex, when I married, that's literally like the only girlfriend I've ever had, you know? And it's yeah. like, so I, I'm, I've been single my whole life. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, but it, you know, I, I do want that comfort security, like that, that teammate, like that, that sounds dope to me. I don't need it. I don't rely on it, but it's different. And it's for me, it's like, a, it's a, a separate adventure, but yeah. I think you can have both. And I think you can have balance. You want somebody to come home to, man. You want somebody like, you want that energy around you that makes things better. Right. I mean, it's, it's nice. Right. And I want to make that clear too. It's like, listen, do I, do I need that? No, but it's like, red, you know, uh, blue, blue pill or red pill, right? It's like, if, if there's, for me, it's like, it's just that constant battle. Why, why not? Why not go, go out? Why not? I don't have anybody, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't have any allegiance to anybody but myself. Yeah. Like, wh why not go out with, with the homies? Like, what, what else am I going to do? Stay home and do nothing? It's like, yeah, I can do work. I do a lot of work. So that, that's the constant battle. And especially being in South Florida. Yeah. And this is easily one of the most like, you know, tempting, fun places like in the world. This lifestyle is, you know, not many people like we are, we are all anybody, everybody down here is extremely lucky to, to be, to be, to have, to be able to live this kind of lifestyle. We do like we, we literally yeah. live in a movie. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't see you when we were down in Miami, dude. Yeah, man, the next time you come down, for sure. I, I will, for sure, man. Like, I met up with Luke before. Um, I actually had a fight. Um, really? That was, was a couple months. That was a couple months ago. I don't even know if it was. Yeah, I mean, this was a. Uh, this was like, I think it was kind of in the beginning of Closer Cartel, honestly. Really? Yeah, he's, he's a good kid, man. Like, you know, I love what he's doing. He's uh, he's always been uh, real, and uh, I know he comes from a humble place. He's a pure yeah, soul, I, I, man. He's a pure soul. Yeah, he's you can, a pure you can soul. Tell. Like. I, I think so. The, the, don't get me wrong, man. Like that lifestyle is fucking fun, right? It's fucking fun. Anybody. And he, I would say literally to anybody listening, because there's a lot of young dudes who listen to this podcast. Anybody listening, man, go live that lifestyle for yeah, at least get it, out, get it out of your system. Get it out of your system. Go I think it. it's I think it's Zach. I think it's something that always stays in your system, because what's interesting is that conquer the world mentality like the build, you know, make a fuck ton of money, build businesses, build an empire. That's, I think, something that is ingrained in people's DNA. Not everyone has that thing, right? And the reason I say that is because look how many people who are working jobs and working at Starbucks. But on top of that, I think that getting as many girls as possible, living like this extravagant life, it goes hand in hand with conquering the world or building things and, and being an entrepreneur and being successful. Because if you think about it, like primally, right, evolutionarily throughout history, 
the same shit, the partying on yachts now and the, and the building empires and business empires are literally the same thing as Genghis Khan going and conquering, conquering the, you know, the Mongolians and China and, and Western Europe, right? It's the same shit. It's just packaged differently. And that's why, like, I think it really goes hand in hand. You need to understand that, like, as a guy, right, like, you have to find out what you don't like so that you can find out what you do like, right? If you don't know what kind of girls you like or you've had a bad relationship once or twice and you kind of got walked all over, you need to go and find out, like, find a bunch, like, you need to go date a bunch of girls, right? You need to go meet a bunch of girls so that you can see, like, oh, well, that girl, you know, she was talking about her ex at dinner on the first date. No. Or she was texting on the phone while I took her out. Or she was here and she was complaining about this and, and I don't like that character, right? And it's more, you got to find out about the person's character. But also living that, that lifestyle, like that teenage boy's dream lifestyle is fucking fun. I'm not going to lie. It is fun. Oh, dude, it's, yeah, it's been a, I mean, this year has been like, but it a, gets like, old. like a movie. Yeah, it's, it's It gets old and it comes in waves, right? It comes in seasons. And especially in seasons of growth and seasons of building, you need to take a step back because it's not necessarily like, unless you have like a shit ton of money, we're talking like 10 to 30 M plus it's not a sustainable lifestyle to live. Right. You can go and spend, there are places in Miami, in Los Angeles, in Europe where you can spend 250 to 400 grand a month. And it's easy to do that. You go to Mykonos, you go to Ibiza, you go to Miami, you go to 11. Like there's dudes that spend 300 grand in the club at, at 11, right? Like it's possible. So no, ma- no amount of money that you make is going, like you can live that lifestyle on 300 grand a year, but you have to make sure you do it responsibly. Like don't go do drugs. I think anybody listening, don't go out and do drugs, you know, every weekend, go drink every weekend with your boys and go, go party on yachts and put up 15 grand for yachts every weekend. Like if you can't afford it, but like live as much as possible while you're young, because that experience is going to carry with you and stay with you forever. Right. And then you're going to be able to find when you want to meet somebody, you have the ability, not only the skills to say the right things, but also the ability to hold them down because you have experienced, you know, life. Right. So, you know, what do you, Zach, what do you look for in girls, man? You're a good looking dude, bro. You're a good looking guy. Right, what go. are you looking for now, man? Um, honestly, man, it's, and it, yeah, we're in South Florida too, right? So, I mean, it's, it's tough out here, man. It really, it really, really is. It's tough. Out here to find, it's tough out here to find good girls, man, because the girls granted. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, listen, the <laughs> The environments that you hang out in, right? Like people ignore that, all right? If you're, if you're at the club and you meet a girl at the club, then you, that's the context in which you've met. That says a few things about her, right? So like, you know, take, it with, take this with a grain of salt. Um, for me, I think that it's important to find, I'd say this, this was a, I'd say a mistake that I made in my first relationship is I was actually willing to follow a little bit and that's out of my character right because i'm the one who was going to to europe i was the one who's making a lot of the sacrifice i was kind of taking a back seat a little bit you know what i mean and that's out of my character that's not who i am clearly right for like what 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 i do right for me i i need to lead i'd say like what i look for look for in a girl is someone who is okay with being led yeah Is, is okay with being led um for some reason there is a stigma I don't know why, why it's happened, but 
why, why is being like a stay at home mom such a terrible thing? Like, you know, and, and, and raising, raising, you know, like children and stuff like that. Like I feel like society has really like put, made that look terrible. And I would argue that that's more, that's 10 times more important than what I do, than what my role is. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, you've got your breadwinner. This is why I, I like, I always like to call it a teammate, right? Yeah. It's your teammate. I was like, yeah, I'm looking for I Like, that's what I look for is somebody who's going to be a teammate. Like it's that goal for the family. But at the end of the day, if you have children and let's say I'm the breadwinner, let's just assume that that's going to be the case. Um, yeah, my, that's, that's my role. I'm happy to do it. But listen, you're like my, my wife's role is, and the mother of my children's role is 10 times more important to me. I want my children to be raised by somebody who's going to teach them the right morals, values, right? Yep. Principles, you know, make them, make them into good people. Um, but also motivated, right. Teach them, um, guide them. Like, and those are qualities that you can really, you, you can tell that, you know, in certain people, because the way that they conduct themselves, do they hold themselves to certain principles that are unwavering? Yeah. Right. Like those types of qualities, though, that's the type, those are the types of qualities that pass down to your children. Absolutely. Right. No. That's what I keep my eye out for, for sure. That's interesting you say that. And, and I think it's funny because you're like, oh, like if you meet a girl in the club, it's the context of what you matter. I think there's a lot of nuance, right? Because I met, I met my current girlfriend in the club, except she wasn't just, she was, she was, she was promoting the club that night. Yeah. She was the, one of the promoters at the club that night. And mm -hmm. I met her there because things didn't go her way. And then I don't know if you know Sebastian Georgiou, but Sebastian, she was like, I think she was like next to our table. Sebastian pulls up. And like invites them over. And then I just kind of saw it was, it was a wrap. Right. But I think you're absolutely right. And I think people need to, dude, there's so many tangents I want to go on because of what you said, but I think girls are taught and women are taught, especially and they're indoctrinated into this society to be, Oh, I need, they, they follow down this path because it's the education system. Right. And the education system is built on the Prussian model of, factory workers and creating factory workers in the early 1800s, right? And in America, right? You go by the bell, when the bell rings, you know, you have your lunch break and then you go back to work for school. You move on a bell, factories, yeah, eight, hours, bell. Eight, hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, one hour blocks of work, right? An hour, an hour, an hour, an hour, an hour, lunch break, an hour, an hour, an hour, right? Moving on the bell, learning to work up early, home late, up early, home late, right? Teaching you that, that system of, it's basically, it's literally operant conditioning. Well, right? Jen, sorry to interrupt, but it's, it's eight, eight hours work, um, eight hours uh, sleep and like eight hours family. Yeah. Like that's like, at, like what it's supposed, like what that split is. And that's kind of like what they, but they don't, they don't, but when they made that system, right? I think it was like Ford. I think it was Ford that, that, that did that or maybe, mm -hmm. but um. Huh? Yeah, the American education system was influenced by the Prussian. But no, no, no I'm talking, but I'm talking about like working, like the working. Oh, you know, yeah. Like that. Well, what so, they do in school to kids is what they do is you do eight or nine hours work, right? And then they put more work on you to take away time from the family, right? right? right, right. To make you conditioned to be obsessive or to to be only under only doing the one, only doing what they want you to do. But the education system indoctrinates us to thinking, oh, well, we have, and especially women these days and girls like, oh, I have to get a job or I have to, you know, I have to go to college and I have to go to get a job. And then you work in fucking human resources for some, some dude, you work for us. You literally work for us. <laughs> I got to go work in customer service for 30 grand a year. And then they have the audacity to sit there and talk shit about, oh, well, I have my own money. I got my own money. A man can't do anything for me. I, I, that, you know, the guys in the Fresh and, Pit, Fresh and Fit podcast, they do a great job, right? 
of getting these chicks and they're like, oh, like, oh, I make my own money. You know, a man, a man can't provide. I don't want a man to provide for me. I'm independent. Bitch, get I've the got a, I've fuck got a out. Friend. I've got a friend who's, <laughs> I've got a friend who was on it. One of the girls, one of the girls was on it. And she actually, she walked off and like, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I will say this. There are some certain things with the fresh and fit guys that I agree with. There are some things that are, I think are just fucking like, like you can, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't agree with everything. Yeah. So some, some of their shit, I'm like, yeah, I can get behind that. And other shit, I'm like, dude, you guys are fucking assholes, man. Like, but it's hilarious. Like I agree with some of it. I don't have to agree with everything and I'm not, not going to cry about it. Right. But it's like, that, that's hilarious only because yeah, those guys take it to a little different level. And I want to make something clear here too. Okay. I also find ambition attractive, right? Like this is something that I, that I find important too, right? Let's say like, you know, if you, okay, you've got, you've got different people, right? Like out here, we've got a lot of people who work in the industry, right? You are like, they work in the industry out here and like, it's, it's huge out here, right? So you have a lot of people that work in hospitality, right? It's what I yeah. mean by the industry, the biz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a difference, man. Like, you know, a lot of those people are working towards something, you know, they're working towards something else, that is, that is a career move that is, that is going to have them grow. Some of them are not. Some of them, that's their career. They don't really know what they're going to do. They don't know what they want. You know, so like for me, like ambition and like goals and like the path that they're on, like I, I won't judge anybody for the, for the, the job that they have now. Mm-hmm. You know, but I will judge them on the job that they are work, that they, that they want to have. You know what I mean? If, if, whether they do or they don't. Yeah. Like do, they, do they, do they have that goal? Is this a stepping stone to something more? Are they complacent? You know what I mean? Like yeah. those are the things that I look at as well. And it's kind of difficult because maybe for me, it's a little, a little bit of a contradiction too. Like I I'm looking for like somebody with ambition, somebody who's got goals. Obviously I need somebody who's intelligent. Like I, I need to have intelligent conversations with, with, yeah. with that person. Um, but at the same time, when like the next step comes, when there's children involved, there needs to be some humbling, you know, if I wasn't the breadwinner and, you know, my wife was making more money than me, I would be okay with saying, Hey, listen, you know, it is about the kids. I'll be a stay at home dad. If that's for the team, like there, there's a humble, there's a humbleness that's like required from everybody. Granted, you know, I'm, I want so like somebody's going to be working towards their career, but when that time comes, somebody needs to give needs, needs to, you know, give their career up and we need to be yeah. realistic about it. And, you know, for me, the life that I want, the person I'm going to be with is going to be okay with letting that go. They need to raise the kids and I'll, I'll, I'll provide for the family. I'll make the money. And, yeah. You know, so, but when it gets to that point, she's going to have to make that decision. You know, you know, I, there's something that I, I think is interesting about what you're saying, right? I think ambition can be, can be seen as, you know, I don't think necessarily, especially really pretty girls, I don't think they need to cha- chase financial achievement, Right. Because yeah. as like guys like us exist, but I think ambition can be classified in a couple different ways, right? It can either be, you know, you could be focused on your career, right? But when 32 comes around, they, they, women won't have kids. I met a girl who I was on a plane. I was flying back from LA. I was flying to Philly uh, a couple months ago, probably eight, seven months ago when I was in, when I was, I was coming back for Thanksgiving. And she was the head of global customer service. She managed a team of 100 people for bird scooters. You know, she, she didn't talk about her career. You know what she talked about? I froze my eggs four years ago and I'm flying back to, I'm, and I'm flying back to Philly so I can go up to New York to try to work things out with my ex-boyfriend because I want kids. She's 37. All she was talking about is how she, she thought she fucked up with not having kids earlier. 
She didn't yeah. tell me that. She's like, I made a bunch of money. The company went public and I had a stake in it. Like this girl probably made like a couple million bucks or at least high six figures from from this from the IPO or whatever when the, with the stock equity and everything. She's like, I'm fine. She's like, literally, I I put in my two weeks. I put in my two weeks three days ago. I'm ready to. I'm like ready to quit, right? And the whole conversation got going because I heard fucking Slack notifications going off on our computer, and I turned over and I was trying to like I had my little meditation music in on the plane. I'm chilling. I'm trying to sleep. And I'm like, wow. I was like, yo, I'm getting PTSD from the Slack notifications. I was like, I quit my job a year ago. I quit my job like six months ago. And like, I, that just uh, makes my heart race. Yeah. And her whole thing was like, I, I wish I had kids earlier. And I think ambition can be classified in a couple of ways. If a girl is like very ambitious, she can also, that ambition can translate into the things that she does, right? Me, meaning taking care in the things that you do, right? Ambitious towards raising a family and being a good woman to her man and being a good mother and being like, about it when it comes to taking care of herself, right? Hitting the gym, making sure she's making sure she's put together, right? Making sure she's, you know, reading books and like, you know, getting into the spiritual side of things because women are spiritual creatures, right? Like I think there's ambition can be classified as so many more different things than financial achievement. And I think when you see as an ambitious person, when you see someone who has that spark, I think it's it's more so of like a spark that you see. When you meet someone that has that spark, it's different than somebody who's just like, I want money. I'm a, I want a rich guy. I want, you know, I want to be taken care of. I want to be spoiled because there's a lot of girls like that in South Florida. Plenty. Ton of them. Dime, those girls, pretty women who, who are about like, oh, who just want a, a rich dude are a dime a fucking dozen. And there's nothing special about them. They really bring, bring nothing to the table besides bring nothing to the table. will not last forever. Like, and, and it's interesting because, and I, and I think the disconnect is not only, the indoctrination system of the education system, but it's also social media. It's programming through music. Oh, it's sure, through so sure. many different things. Right. And I think that, that, it, that, that, that is a career path now. <laughs> oh, the bar for chicks is so low these days. Yeah, absolutely. The bar is literally at the floor. Look, all you want is a, a girl who's going to stay in, who's going to stay in the house, be a good mother and be loyal. Yeah, and have, you know, have cool conversations sometimes and who looks good. The bar is so low. Yeah. What was it? I watched the, uh, something from, from, I think it's Chris Rock said it, right. He goes, uh, women, children, and even dogs are, you know, they can be loved unconditionally. There's, they can do nothing and be loved unconditionally. Um, and it's only men who have, who are loved conditionally. They have to provide something in order to be loved. Yeah. And that's a big difference. And that's something that like, it's just, it's just a, it's just a fact, you know what I mean? Like for, and, yeah. and the women out here, they, they know it too. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really interesting, man. And, and the thing is, is like, I live in LA right now and like the concentration of pretty girls in LA and, and, and Miami and Fort Lauderdale, Delray beach, like South Florida, Palm beach and shit. Like, it's just like, it's the highest concentration of pretty girls I've ever seen. And the reason they do that is because there's, guys with millions of dollars who are ballers who they want something from right Absolutely. you know what can you do for me first and then it's okay do i do what do i do i like you do you know can i tolerate you okay do i like you yeah you know and it's just but again it, again right like the, the context i do i do believe the context in which you meet you know is is important obviously there's no one size fits all um it's yeah it, it's it's difficult man it's difficult nope and and especially in these types of environments, nobody nobody trusts anybody out here. No, 
You know what I mean? And honestly, it's unwise to trust to to trust out here. I agree. You know, right. so you can't. It hold takes that a lot. Through. It takes a lot. It takes months and months of time. It takes years of time to really like to really be with somebody and really trust somebody. Like I think my buddy Wilfredo said, he said shit doesn't get real until three years in. Yeah, really, man. It's true. That's the thing, man. It's like, there, there's something to say. There's something to say for comfort, man. You, are, you know, when, when, when you're comfortable, like you are your, we'll say ideal self, right? Everybody wants to be comfortable. When you're comfortable, you are the youest, I feel you, right? Like yeah. when you're in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. You know, but, you know Zach, let me ask you this. Do, do girls know how successful you are? Um, do you show that at all, or do you try to keep it like super low key? Because it's kind of hard when you're partying and when you're at the club or you're on it or you're on a yacht and everything to kind of like hide your success. Do you do you hide it or do you downplay it at all, or do you just be like, yeah, I do, you know? Um, I mean, I think for me, um, right away when you see me, you think maybe, but dude, honestly, the way that people dress out here, it's like it's very, it is kind of hard to tell unless I'm just like going way over the top. You know what I mean? I do. I wear some designer stuff, but dude, I'm happy with it with a black, black t-shirt, you know, like my, my, whatever regular pants, like, you know, wear like my air forces with a gold chain and my, I don't even have like a nice, I'm not a big watch guy. I wear an Apple watch, man. Like that's all I need. Happy with it. No big deal. Um, that being said, I think sometimes girls can figure it out with who I'm with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because me, me and the group, the group, my, like my group of friends right now, um, they've been in Florida even longer. Like they're very well connected, you know, very plugged up. So it's like kind of like the treatment that we get girls can figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I will say, it's kind of funny. I'm not going to say any names. I always listen to this podcast, but I actually um, posted kind of like our revenue, uh, my company's revenue in like January. And I posted it like on Twitter. I think I have it like pinned, pinned, uh, you know, it's my pinned tweet. And I finally, finally shared it on Instagram. And a lot of people didn't really know what I, what I did at that point, whatever. Yeah. And it was funny, man. And after I posted it, dude, the, the DMs come in you know what I mean? and, the, and the audacity I posted, I posted like on Twitter and it showed like, it was like the QuickBooks of like our, you know, gross revenue of like January. And then I was getting DMs that was like, we should hang out. Like in response to that story, no shame, no, like, you know, hiding or like trying to even finesse me or anything like that. Oh and like, for me, you know, it was, it was hilarious, but you since then, know. yeah, since then, I think, I think people know, you know, but yeah, it is. That's really, that's really changes, do, you ever, you know? do you ever get like the level of like, um, cause like, dude, like when I, like, especially when I started like, like, and I, dude, I don't even link my Instagram on Twitter. I'm gonna start linking my Instagram on the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, but now I do, man. I'm trying. I, I'm trying to whatever. I want. I want to just be full transparency, like yeah. you know, whatever. Whatever you want to find out about me, go for it. You, yeah, you, you, uh, you didn't even show your face for a while, right? Was that? Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't show my face. I had like fourteen thousand Twitter followers because you need to know if people like you for you in your mind, right? Because Ricardo always says this. He's like the reason I, he likes Twitter and the reason I like Twitter is because Twitter is the mind, right? You can have. No followers, but you can be putting thoughts out there. Like I, like uh, I don't know if you know Ivan, but Ivan's Ivan's account. He's he's like a writer, and he writes these really cool. Like he's really good writer, and he writes like a, you know a blog, and and he writes on Twitter, and he uses um, very complex words and these very complex ideas. And it's like kind of like a I don't know if you know philosophy, but it's like it reminds me of a neoclassical Immanuel Kant, right? I'm a big philosophy guy, but. You know, there's accounts. And when he started out, he had like 400 followers, like he had like 400 followers. And I saw his account and I was like, all right, yeah, this guy's, this guy's cool. I like his ideas. 
I didn't show my face because not only is there like a safety, it's like, you know, safety, you don't want to find people, you know, like I remember when like Hamas, he got on a space, you know, rest, rest in peace, great guy, but he got on a Twitter space one time and people were like DMing him trying to like, you know, they were like sending him like places close to his house and stuff. Like they had looked him up and they had found all his information. It's like kind of like a safety thing, but like, you know, I, 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 I didn't do it for that reason. But I didn't show my face because it was like, you know, okay, like it doesn't it doesn't really matter what it looks like, what I look like. It only matters because of my ideas and the stuff and the really cool shit that I'm putting out into the world and the people that I'm helping with my with my products and stuff like that. And with my my businesses and companies I'm building. So I didn't really think it was necessary. But then, you know, I was like, imagine the level of cope that people are going to experience. Right. When you see somebody. Right. Who looks you know good like we do who is making egregious sums of money with girls that they could probably never get if they tried their for their entire life. And then also happens to be, you know, six, three, six, four. I don't know how tall you are, but I'm six, I'm six, three and a half, six, four. Right. I'm about six, four, four. I'm like five. That's, that's, that's my, is it where you got me be? I'm like five, 10. So you got me. See, but like, no, like, and I think about like the, um, the, the meme with the guy with the, the empty head. Right. And he's like, no, you can't be six foot four and make money and travel the world and have these girls and look like that. And you can't have it all. Right. So I think it actually kind of stifles my growth a little bit because I don't, I guess, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a normal person. Right. In the way that I think, in the way that I operate, even like, I guess, like looks and shit. Right. Like I did like some runway shit for fun a little bit, like for a couple of years, like I did like runway. I was in a music video and shit. So like, I never really, I never really like did that like super like seriously, but it was like, you know, I had the ability to do that. And so I think the reason that I did that was because there was like a giant level of cope, right? If you look at my Instagram, I have like less than 30 pictures, but if you look at my Instagram, I'm all over the world. I'm genuine. I'm literally all over the world. I'm, you can look at the story. You can look at the Instagram stories. I'm all over the world. There's bottles here, this club, this club, this place in the world, this exclusive place in the world. I'm in Capri. I'm in Positano. I'm in Mykonos. I'm in here, here, here. They're going to be like, yo, there's, how is this guy doing this? Right. And I've had people look at my Instagram who don't know me and think I'm like a model or something. Right. Or think, oh, like, you know, my girl, my girlfriend's friend was like, oh, I saw your Instagram and I immediately thought less of you because you're like a male model. I was like, nah, I just, you know, I just do a couple of things take dope pictures but i think but i think like dude like there's a level of cope like if i put my numbers like especially like in like the next couple months like i'm gonna get like a silly supercar because the car market's about to pop like i'm gonna get like i'm gonna i'm just gonna be dumb because i just turned 25 and i think it's i think it's important to do that especially while i like i'm like freshly 25 yeah why not like, and I'm just going to be like, yo, fuck it. And then they're going to see this dude, right? He looks like this. He's doing this. He's got this girl. He's got this girlfriend. He's fucking here in the world. He's driving a lamp. What the fuck does this guy do? And if I put my numbers on Twitter, everybody will come or, or not on Twitter, on Instagram. Everybody that I used to know from wherever I was in life will come out of the fucking woodwork. And I just don't want that. Yeah. I mean, I, but I mean, that, there you go. Like, but why, why not? Like, let them, you know, like. I just don't want the attention. Really? dude i don't i don't mind it i'm like whatever you know like, that's the thing it's like did you respond know. to you responded to the dm saying we should hang out didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so funny this man right, sent him a cal- you sent those bitches a calendar link didn't you nah, to be, yeah that's hilarious now to, to be honest like I, I i did to dig in like in that conversation but like i didn't i didn't pursue that for me like listen 
I don't, I don't have like, that's, that's my thing. It's like, I could have, right. I could have just been like, yeah, whatever. But then like, not only is it a massive turnoff, but it's like, I don't have to, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to, it's like, yeah, come on. Like, I don't have to, like, I feel like that's the, that's stupid, pretty, that's stupid, pretty low. You know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that helpless to where like, I need to like, you know, that, but that being said, um, I get, I get what you mean. Um, like with that, for me, like I've, I, I don't know. It, well, again, it depends on what your goals are, man. Yeah. Your goals are. You, it seems like to me that your goals are, yeah, you know, you want to be that person. You don't need to be in the public eye, but you want to make obviously massive sum of money. You want to have a good girl with you. You want to live the lifestyle that you're living. You don't need, you don't need to, you know, have your face plastered everywhere. You want to live a private lifestyle and yeah. you want to be, and you, you, all, and that is a thing too. And this is like, obviously I would agree with this. It's like, nah, you only want to, you only care to be respected by those who you respect and nobody yes. else really matters, you know, yes. and that's why the people yes. from your past, those people, they don't, their opinions don't matter. Um, and, and granted you do have that choice. You just don't want to hear the noise. Right? I, yeah. And, and I don't just want the unnecessary attention, man. Like I'll, I'll get texts from people sometimes and be like, yo, bro, like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm like, bro, I haven't talked to you in two years. What do you mean? You know, they, you know they want something from you. Yeah, I get like, that. Like, like I haven't spoken to you in two years. I haven't even thought like, bro, like, I haven't even thought about you in two years. Like on your Twitter, like why you like, and, and what's even crazy, Zach is like, we went out in Miami and when I go out in Miami, especially I get fucking recognized from Twitter. Really? I get Ricardo and I literally get recognized. Like we got recognized in 11 one time. We got that recognized. Happened, that happened to me only one time, one time in Fort Lauderdale. And I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was like, oh shit, really? And like, I don't have, you know what I mean? But I, some dude was like, wait, money Twitter. I was like on the table, fucking lit. like, <laughs> And this dude was like, money Twitter. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's me. What's up, man? That was yeah. hilarious. I, I like, dude, I, I get, I got, I got recognized a couple times in LA, just like at, like, at, like Warwick at the club. Like I wear like, your snappy poor hat. No, it's just like, I mean, the thing is, and like, dude, like I don't wear Like, I mean, I wear designer shit, right? Like I just went to, I went to Versace what, yesterday or two days ago. I bought another robe. I wear, right? I wear designer shit too. Yeah, I got like, like I, I, dude, I wear designer shit, bro. Like I got a, I got a thousand dollar fucking St. Laurent shirt. I wear a thousand dollar shoes everywhere I go, bro. Like we're like, I wear my shit. Right. But like, you don't know what's designer like nice, shit. You like nice things too. Yeah. But I like nice things. So like, I, you don't know what's like designer shit. Right. So I like that. Like, I don't need Gucci plastered all over my t-shirt. Right. But yeah. I'll pull up in a thousand dollars silk I'll shirt. I wear a Gucci shirt. Why you ain't no Gucci? No, but I got a pair of Gucci shoes right here. But <laughs> yeah, I got a pair of Gucci shoes right here. But the thing is, is like, I, I don't want it like plastered all over. Right. I don't want, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't, put it this. You don't need to be flashy, man. That's all. I don't, I don't, I don't need, need to be flashy either. Really. I don't need to be flashy. Right. And it's because it's all about who you are. And, and like, I think money doesn't only amplify who you are, but it like, it, when, especially when you like wear like well, expensive shit, right? Like it amplifies, it kind of amplifies who you are because like there's stuff like that I see like where it's kind of like an unspoken thing. Like if you know, you know, the people that are that respect that and the people you want to meet usually have, they usually wear nice shit too, or they usually are, they're about it in the same type of ways that, you know, guys like us are. And I think it's really, it's not only really cool, but it's like, it's a, those who know thing and those who don't know, don't know. And we, and you'd rather keep it like that. You know, I don't think me personally, necessarily, I would want to be famous. I, I don't know about fame, but I think we already, you and I already have a degree of influence, which is really cool in the space. And just kind of like with what we've done, 
I think when you get to upper echelons of wealth, like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, hundred million, you fame is kind of a byproduct of that. Right. Because then you're, some, then you're somebody with something to lose. And then you're kind of, you're kind of a target. You're kind of in a public eye, especially here in LA right now. I mean, you, you told me you were in LA for like a little bit, but I think being flashy can sometimes be a detriment to, to what, to what you're trying to achieve and who you are. Now, I think flashing, like if you're pulling around in LA, right. In a Lambo where there's no fucking open carry laws or there's no, there's no gun, like you can't really have a gun. Like the sheriff is start just, just starting to like issue like gun, like gun permits. Right. It's fucking, not only is it fucking dangerous, but you kind of look like a douchebag. Right. Because there's so many people that are impoverished that are going to want to take that from you. There's nothing inherently wrong with sliding around in a Lambo because you work your ass off for a nice car, for nice shit, to wear nice clothes, to live in a nice place. But I think for the most part, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like concerned about like the safety because of how dangerous things are getting. Like how, when, when Hamas used to, well, it's really? also Miami too. Like when Hamas used to drive around as Gallardo, like he had, he had a couple guns in a car. Right. Like first time I met him, like fucking serious G. I'm, I'm, I miss him a lot. Yeah. I'm curious, like, well, like what, what areas though? Cause like for here, man, like that's, I mean, all, all the nice stuff, all the designer things, it's so, it's just so common, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I'll say that's a big difference too. Is like, dude, when I was in LA, you know, obviously I was balling out when I was there getting, you know, popping bottles, whatever. And like, and um, when I did, I, the key difference that I was like really shocked, I even forgot where we were, but like just because I like popped off the amount of like, people that like came up to me and was like, Hey, I just want to introduce myself. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like that that does not happen in Miami. You know, it's like, and I was like, why? I was like, this is, I was like, this isn't even like an expensive bottle really. You know what I mean? I was like, why is this a thing? But like, because of that, that kind of just like really stuck with me about LA. It was like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, I feel like I was like half of these people, I feel like shouldn't even, shouldn't even be here. It seems like you know yeah. what I mean? It feels like that. I don't, I don't, I don't think they should be spend, spending the money to be here. They should be home. Yeah. Because like, like, I, I mean, it was very clear to me that they just wanted to be connected with like anybody who had bread, right? Like that's yeah. really wanted. And, and that's, that's what I mean by the unwanted attention. But on the flip side, it'd be fucking great for marketing. I know, but the, honestly, yeah. <laughs> that's but, yeah that's a, that, that, and that's, that's, I mean, to come full circle, right? Like, yeah, that everything that I do, every move that I make, come on, man, like there, there's a dollar sign behind it. Like, you know, I, I like for me, that that's what makes it fun. It's like I, I do share my ideas as they are. You know, yeah. obviously there is a little bit of strategy towards to it, but like not really yeah. like it's, it's really me, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, there's a, there is a plan like there, yeah. there is there is there is a dollar, you know, amount that is is that that is that is the goal. Yeah. And obviously you're, you're, you want to get there as fast as possible. You need to leverage as many things as possible to get there. So yeah. that's kind of like, I don't know. I mean, for me at the same time too, maybe I would have thought differently like a few years ago as well. Um, but for me, it's like, I just, I don't know. I just stop. I, I don't care. Like, you know, but, um, that being said, yeah. Like I'm just naturally not flashy. So like, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's like, sure. Do I want a Lambo? Yeah. But like, do I want that to be on my main car? So I don't really care. Or, you know, not really like, you know, no, no, nothing against it. I want to have 10 Lambos because fuck you. Yeah. Right? Like, so like that too. But yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm really not, not that flashy, uh, but that's the thing. There's a difference, right? 
I think also as well, people believe that the money is going to the, the money though does it, it it does give you respect though. Like it's just the name of the game, right? It, it, it gives you respect. And I think that's something that everybody on this planet inherently wants. They just want to be respected. They want to be kind of treated with respect, maybe not with respect, maybe not even special treatment. But as you get more money, as you grow, you do want convenience. You do want to be catered to. You don't want to have to worry about bullshit that other people have to worry about, whether that's, yeah, waiting, waiting in lines, right? There, there's a few things in life that society pushes on you, but you can actually do a few things to bypass all that stuff. And sometimes yeah. it's the, your reputation is the reason for it. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Depends. You can buy a reputation with money. Absolutely. Right. Like becoming a local legend in your city or like, like even shit like that, like just as small as like, oh, like, you know, something like um, Luke, I forget the name. It's it's on. Um, it's in Brickle, right? It's in city center in Brickle, right? And it's, uh, it starts with a B. But, Bailey? Not Bailey. It's like an Italian spot. Luke goes in, he gets the whole fucking private, he gets the center table and the whole restaurant is, is empty every time he goes. And he's friends with the management, he can change the music and everything. And like, there's, there's shit that I can do like that in Philly. But, and it's like, and I really enjoy that because it's like the more connected you are in a city is, is just based on how much money you spend and how good you are at creating relationships. Exactly, 100%. And so really like, all it, is. it buys respect. And when it and when it buys respect, I mean, some people go over the top, but I think it, it buys respect. And, and everyone throughout history has always been obsessed with how to get wealthy. And I don't think that's ever going to change. And I think the biggest thing that, that, you know, I think not only is wealth important, but I think it's also impact as well. Right. Because I think the world would, and this is my view, and you can feel free to disagree, disagree, but I think the world would be a genuinely better place if there were more people like you and I. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, but in what, in what, in what degree do you mean? Do you mean like, in, like innovators trying to level up ambition goals, trying to like, better people, yeah. Like people who stand by their ideas, right. People who want to do good things, not only for themselves, but for the world, people who, who have a, an idea of society that, you know, kind of resists the indoctrination because you and I are shining examples of people who have been, who have resisted indoctrination, bro. You could have been a recruiter, right? You could have been at like, what is it? Fucking Howard. Something. You could be like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, recruiting one, agent. One yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And, um, and you could have been like a, at some recruiting agency, like, you know, a manager making 200 grand a year, except now you're doing a million a year and you work for yourself and you do whatever the fuck you want. I did actually start my own recruiting agency for right before as well. If you are going to do that, I have some, I, one of my very good friends, I was just at his wedding. It's my friend who just got married. He does recruiting for, uh, he does for, uh, foreign direct companies who want to come and build, build engineering facilities in America that are, uh, foreign companies that want to come in and he actually hires out their whole C-suite. Yeah. Yeah. So he's on, he's on track to, I think do one or two this year and the next year he'll do five. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we're scaling really fast. Yeah, you make bank and recruitment. So, but it, it's like, you could have, you could have easily taken this path. I could have easily taken this path corporate. or just corporate, corporate right? or even like something that wasn't corporate, like something that's, you know, blue collar, like trade, you know, doing well, but like something like that. But we we've kind of resisted that we've kind of created our own path. And I think it's very important to create your own path in life. And have your own idea and worldview that you create based on the experiences that you have in your life. 
the thing where most people go wrong and what most people do wrong is they don't actually have enough experience. They never get the chance because they're sitting always, they're sitting there waiting for tomorrow to happen when tomorrow was exactly like the day that they lived before. So I think people need to go out and they need to chase experience. And then once they chase experience, they start to create a worldview. And once they create a worldview, then it can go and perpetuate whatever message they want to perpetuate to society. I like genuinely helping people. I like kind of being an educator for the most part. I think like Twitter, like if you read people's tweets and people have an influence, you're learning from them. They're a teacher to you, 100%. right? And it's, you know, part of me doing this podcast is just so I have a body of work later on in my life. Conversations that are recorded that people can learn from at any point in, in throughout history, as long as the internet exists. And... <clears throat> I like the, I like hearing the stories of, and I think it's really cool because you, you spoke to me about, you know, you're getting into the, and I, I will talk about it in a second. Like you're getting into the, you know, the coaching business, right? Because you have knowledge that you want to put out into the world that people can use to actionably change their lives in a drastic, drastic manner. And so I think about it. It's like, you know, I hear stories all the time. Like people will join my shit and they'll quit their job at KFC or they'll quit their job driving Uber right? And they'll go and they'll make seven grand a month in sales or 10 grand a month. Or this one kid, he's like 19. He quit his job at, K at KFC. He learned sales. He used all the shit that I, I teach and all the shit that Mason teaches in our, in our community and cash flow syndicate and be like, yo, like, dude, I'm like, I'm crushing it. Like I just started this new sales job. I, I had a trial for a week and I made my second sale. And I was the first one to ever make a sale on the second day. As, as I was the only person to ever make a sale as a trial employee. That. And he's 19 competing with 30 year olds crushing it. Right. So I love that shit. Like, and I, and I think like teaching people how to genuinely change your life, like gives me a lot of fulfillment, right? The money is cool. Right. Obviously I'm doing it for the money, but the byproduct of doing things for the money is money can buy you impact. Right. It yes. buys you influence. It buys you power and it can buy you impact. So that's, you know, that's kind of my spiel on that. But I, I really, I really like that shit. And I find a lot of fulfillment in it. And when I was, when I was younger, I was like, when, oh, when I'm six in my sixties, I want to be a teacher. But because I think there's a lot of fulfillment from bringing up the next generation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and honestly, dude, like getting, getting somebody a result, a positive result on something that you've built, you know, that that's just one more person. I mean, you are, you are helping someone. You're helping, yeah. you are, you are literally, I mean, potentially changing the trajectory of their entire life. Yep. That, and people sleep on that, but like when you're the one doing it, that, that like that, that's, it's, it's amazing, right? Like that, that is a sense of fulfillment. Like, and that's totally legitimate. Obviously. Yeah. We do want a life outside of that as well, but helping people like that, that that's like, what better way to make money? Wait, it's I get to make money and help people. It's fucking amazing. It, it, it's dope, man. And that's, I want to transition because I want you to, I want you to know, talk about what you're doing. So You've built a pretty sick marketing agency, very niche, right? You know your offer, you know who you're selling it to, you're good at it. And you wouldn't be where you are if you weren't good at it, obviously. So what do you, so you're, you, you told me you wanted to get into the, you know, coaching business and stuff like that. So what do you, what are you looking at doing? Cause you told me about this months ago, right? You said you were thinking about this idea. You were like maybe 10 people. Like, are you, so what are you going to do? Is it going to be like more low ticket? Is it going to be mid ticket, high ticket? Like, what are you, what are you looking at doing? Yeah. So, um, I, so what I want to do is, so it's called agency automation, right? Okay. So basically what I want to do or what we're doing really, I mean, you know, we're almost done with the course uh, section. So it's going to literally be my agency 
like packaged up for you, um, teach you how to run it, teach you pretty much how to build your own, give you our funnel, everything that basically my agency has pitch deck and basically use it for yourself. Um, yeah. All of the leg legwork has been done already. And our model can really be, you know, translated to any industry. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to what is your offer? Can you support your offer? You mm -hmm. know? And so we, we kind of, you know, took that model and we're going to apply it to every single industry. We want, we want our, our members to have as much done for them as possible without giving them too much to where like they're, they're going to have everything and not know what to do with it. So like, that's, that's kind of like our approach, but I want it to be a no brainer, like the easiest fucking thing for everyone to do and have so much value. Like, yeah, basically like I, I want to even create something to where like, no, we'll, we'll like make the sales for you, you know, yeah, like, disproportionate I, value. Yeah. I, I want it. I want it to go that far. You yeah. Know? Um, we'll literally do everything for you, teach you how to manage it, teach you how to basically outsource yourself eventually and essentially give you, give you a business that runs on its own. Hmm. You know, so that's why it's like, you know, okay, granted, I know Amazon automation ha like, uh, has a bad rap right now. Yeah. You know? um, and I get that, but it's a similar premise, right? It's like a business that's given to you, you know, basically, and you run it, we'll teach you how. Um, yeah. That's where agency automation comes from. Basically, like, yeah, bit, like, so really excited for it. Um, it's almost done. Uh, I was thinking about doing it, maybe only like 20 students and stuff like that, but I think I'm just going to hit the like put the gas pedal down and yeah, just uh, I, you know, I think you should take on as possible i think you should and it, it's it's interesting because a lot of people don't think like so okay so the amazon and and, and the, the, the fucking walmart and the e-commerce automation that's that's pretty much for the most part all bullshit and it, it's annoying because it's you're kind of finessing people because a lot of people what they'll do is they'll they'll teach how to get credit and then they'll say, oh, well, you can't afford 30 grand. You, can you afford 400 bucks a month? Okay, well, yeah, we'll give you a business for 400 bucks a month. Just take out a loan and pay me the loan and then just pay back. It's bullshit. But yeah. I think it's, it's with an agency model. I think hands down, the easiest way to create a kind of free from the matrix lifestyle is through the agency model. Because you have a skill, it's fucking zero dollars to start all you need is your fucking iphone and a spread and a free google account that's it you can literally use a fucking gmail account and you can and you can start making money and you can call people up on the phone or you can send emails and you can say okay well yeah the price we do this and the price is three grand and you can start making money very fast and it's a disproportional amount of money right if you were in say a commission sales role or a corporate sales role, you have to wait for that, that money to hit, right? You have to wait, oh, you know, you hit your quota, you make your three grand, five grand, 10 grand, whatever it is. But with that, you need three, then that's like, maybe you close 50 deals and you make 10 grand. But this, with, with an agency model, it's like, okay, like all I need to do is figure out who has the money and how do I get it from? And then how do I pitch them and how do I learn the skills necessary in order to pitch them and get the shit done and get money across the board. And then instead of needing 50 deals to make 10 grand, you need three deals and you make 10 grand. Exactly. And, and it's, and it's very easy. Overcomplicated. To yeah. People yeah. really overcomplicated. And that's the thing that I think people, I think a lot of people know what to do. They just need permission. They just need permission and say, yep, do that. Just, just that, just that validation. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like, 
that's the approach we're taking. And here, I'm just going to rattle this off because I should have done this like, you know, right when you asked, but I'm just going like, to throw out kind of like some of like, like what you'll get from it, right? Just like reading off of like what, what I've got here. So like basically our actual agency funnel that generates over 150, you know, like re uh, per month in revenue, 150,000. Um, our pitch deck uh, template that's made literally over a million dollars in sales, our a full snapshot and go high level that has every single automation already built in. Um, they're going to have access to members of my team, world-class automation specialists to build out their own fulfillment offer. Um, my, honestly, I think he's like top one, top one to 2%, like digital marketer media bar, um, who works for my agency. Um, and he's going to be basically helping everybody run their own ads, both for fulfillment and new client acquisition. Um, it's going to be three months of group coaching, obviously with, you know, all, all of these coaches, myself included. In addition, I'm going to get some guests, you know, coaches as well to come in um obviously the community aspect and then you know we're, we're gonna have that community to offer lifetime support to yeah so like massive no-brainer um for everybody that that's the thing though it's the what you're selling is confidence in them for in themselves that they're not going to fuck it up yeah is that, that's really what it is. Any hesitation of buying a course, buying everything like that. It's like, okay, it, do I feel good about this? Yeah, I think I can do it. But there is that imposter syndrome. Everybody's going to doubt themselves. Like they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And it's very hard to convince somebody. It's like, Hey, listen, like this is easier than you think. Sure. That takes it one step further, but done, done for you, you know, is there's a lot, there's a lot to, to say for done for you. Right. Done, done with you, done for you, like very, very close uh, to one another, but it's just about raising their confidence and, and um, making it, honestly, making it fucking idiot proof. Bro, I, so, I completely agree. And dude, we, so we just finished 2.0 for Cashflow Syndicate, right? And I said, there's a whole thing. There's the second like phase that you, so it's eight to eight or 10. I don't know how many fucking phases it is, but bro, like we, I literally was sitting there and a lot of it is like, the first half of it really is me and Mason like sitting in like a format like this and like really like giving you like like coaching, right? And everyone is told nine out of 10 businesses fail or everyone, all their friends are like, oh, I'm, you know, oh, you bought that course. It's a scam. Everyone thinks everything's a fucking scam. It's not a fucking scam, bro. Because yeah. we wouldn't still be around if it's a fucking scam. There wouldn't be people with actual success stories if it was a fucking scam. And you know what I said, dude? And I, I remember, I remember like, and I'm sitting there and I'm like talking like just how I am to you right now. And I'm like, look, like everyone tells you that you're not going to be able to do it. Everyone looks down on you for taking risks. I'm here to tell you that it's possible and that you can actually do it because that's the fucking truth, bro. If I can do it, if you can do it, like come up out of fucking pretty much literally poverty. I came literally out of fucking poverty, bro. Like, you know, my mom wouldn't say it was poverty. I don't think she listens to my podcast, but I like, dude, like my mom fucking struggled $3 in the account for like fucking 15, 16 years, raising my ass, bro. Like $3 after rent and groceries and utilities and the phone bill. I came out of fucking poverty, bro. If I can come out of poverty and I can, I can do these things, then you can too, bro. Right. Every, like everybody can do it. It's just, it, it depends on the level of work that you want to put in. And the good thing about what it sounds like you're doing, bro, is and like what I do is it's not like some bullshit, like, oh, wholesaling real estate. Buy my course on wholesaling real estate. Like, it's not bullshit, dude. It's like, nah, bro, like sit back, learn from somebody that's actually done it, actually built a million dollar business, actually done, actually done things. 
and be like, okay, well, how do I do that for myself? Okay, well, they're saying that it's easy. Is it actually easy or are they just bullshitting me to sell a course? And then they get inside and they're like, oh, well, it's, a- it's actually easy. All I have to do is press this button enough times and get on the phone with people enough times. Like, dude, like I tell the, I tell the guys all the time, it's like being a fucking monkey and you're pressing for a banana, except you are the monkey and the banana is money. And you press the button. If you press the button enough times, this is something everybody needs to understand about life. It's a numbers game. If you press that button enough times at some point, you're going to get fucking rich. Yeah. Yep. What do you, uh, what do you call in your, uh, your course? No, it's called agency automation. Yeah. Agency automation. Cool. Yep. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, let's see, I'd say my final thoughts come down to, I mean, honestly, we really covered a lot right in that, that last bit, right? Like, yeah. The one thing that I see again and again and again is like a failure to launch. It's an, it's imposter syndrome. It's people thinking that they're, they're unworthy of, you know, and they're, they're overly skeptical, so skeptical um, that it's just, the skepticism that they have is not in you. It, 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 it's, it's in themselves. Yeah. You know, I mean, people, people are afraid to be held accountable. They are afraid to be held to a standard and you need to understand that in order to be successful, you need to hold yourself to a fucking standard. Like you need to hold yourself accountable. If you fail, you need to eat that. Like, We've all done it. We've all failed. Like it is not a scam. Like we are literally you, like you, we are you. That's like the hardest thing for people to understand. I don't think you understand that. Like I am literally you, we are the same person. Like, would you trust yourself? Yeah. Right. Like, and that's like, and it's, it's frustrating because I, I see it all the time. Um, obviously, I mean, but that, that, that to be said, there's plenty of people who are optimistic, motivated, that are hungry, that they want to do it. And they, they trust you and they believe it. Like, and obviously those are the people that I want to focus my attention to. The only people that are, most people that are skeptical on Twitter and everything fucking anonymous accounts. All right. Like, you know what I mean? They're fucking most, mostly trolls. Like it is what it is, but, um, just pull the trigger and I'll put this, I'll put this into a lot of my Twitter following knows this as well. It's guys. I took a course when I first started. I yeah. had no money and I took out a credit card, put myself in five and a half thousand dollars in debt at right now, five and a half K nothing. Right. Back then pff, fucking kidding me. Five and a half K in debt was huge to me. Took mm-hmm. it, swiped the card, immediately put myself in that debt. And, but that was it, man. I trusted myself. I said, Oh, well, backs against the wall. Like I said, in the beginning, come full circle. Yeah. Show somebody who's successful and I'll show you somebody who's gotten beaten up, battered and bruised and their backs are against the wall. You will have yeah. no other option than to, than to get the job done. Yeah. Sometimes you have, sometimes you have to put yourself in that position. Completely agree. And something I wanted to ask you is like, do you feel, do you feel stress and pressure? I feel it every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. I, I think if you show me a man who, who doesn't have stress in their life or can't tolerate stress, then they don't have what it takes to be, to be good at anything, right? The nature, I think, of being a man is dealing with stress. Like, dude, I got five different things I'm working on right now. You got so many different things you're working on right now, right? Like some days, like, I, like last yesterday, like I was damn close to putting in like a fucking 18 hour day. I've been putting in 18 hour days, like this whole week, like I'm just, I'm, I'm just on it. Right. And it's like, 
I feel like, even though like I'm, you know, by most people's society standards, I'm successful. You're by society standards successful. We're like, yo, fuck that. Like, yo, we got so much more to achieve. It's just the beginning. We're looking at it. You're sitting at a million dollars a year and you're like, yo, it's just the beginning. What else can I do? Like, especially like that's one sixtieth of your fucking goal. Right. So there's higher mountains to climb. And I think like everybody, everybody listening, man, like, please learn how to tolerate stress. Go and put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Go and and take on risk and do shit that scares you. Like, because when you're scared and you make it through it, that develops really, really, really strong experience. And it makes you, like you said, beaten up, battered and fucking bruised. You're like, yo, shit. Like you put yourself in five and a half grand debt, right? You're like, yo, fuck, I got it. I got to make something happen. You don't have a choice, right? Like, and everyone knows the story, but like when I got my fucking job, dude, I went and got a $2,000 a month apartment and a fucking $40,000 car. And I had 500 bucks to my name afterwards. And I was like, yo, I got to make this shit happen now. I got no excuse. So takes balls, balls, man. And I'll say this, life doesn't get easier. You just get better. I love that. You know what I mean? I love that. That's a tweet right there, bro. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, did I tweet that? I mean, I tweeted that recently. I think you should, you probably got to retweet it. Yeah, like, I, haven't, I haven't plugged myself in yet. <laughs> man, Zach, I think it's been a great conversation, bro. I think a lot of people are going to take a lot out of it. And it just speaks, it just speaks to kind of what it takes to, to actually make shit happen. Right. Like, oh, I don't, I don't think we, we went over this. Like how many businesses did you start before? Like this one popped off? Oh no. Uh, we, I mean, I had, I mean, it was a little, little mini drop shipping business. I had, I started my staffing agency. I made a couple placements and then the pandemic happened. So I was like, well, I keep fucking. Oh, uh, okay. Now. Um, I had other projects that didn't make any money, but I put a lot of time in it. You know, there's, there was plenty, um, but like plenty of projects, I'd say like incorporated business, like only two. And, um, but yeah, but you know, my agency now is, the only for one I would consider. I mean, the other one, I'd say my dropshipping one was pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of died out. And I just, you know, it it was, I knew it wasn't scalable. I knew it wasn't going to grow from there. It was just kind of just make some cash. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that, that's about it. But now I've got, yeah, I've got my agency. I'm, I know building, uh, I've got a credit repair company. Mm-hmm. And uh, now agency automation is going to be the third. And then from there, I'm just going to keep going, man. Keep going. What else can I do? What else is going to give me, you know, make me net positive? What's going to make me more money? Yeah. And then just, uh, just hire the right people. Once you get to that level, it comes down to hiring the right people, make them build it for you. You take a less, yeah. less, off, you take less off the top. But, you know, it's that, that is where, for me, security comes in diversification. And um, that's what I'm trying to Absolutely. do. Right Absolutely. Anybody, and I think anybody who has built some degree of wealth knows that you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You yes. have to not it's scary have it in the one basket, man. That's what everybody thinks. Everybody doesn't realize. It's like, hey, yeah, you want an agency? It's like after you after you start this agency, you're gonna see that you're gonna feel the roller coaster, and you're gonna say, shit, I need something else. You know, whether it's roller coaster or not, but you, it's you need you. It's never listen. And again, it's never gonna be enough either. No, it's it's never enough, right? There's always another hundred million dollar house being built. Exactly. Right. You know, I, and I'll leave this. For, I'll leave this for a gem, and we can actually, if if you have some more time, we can we can actually talk about this because I don't want to keep you too long. But um, if anybody like seriously like wants to like build wealth, right? Like, here's exactly what I did, and this is for the listener who makes it to the end of this end of this podcast. Here's exactly what I did, right? 
I built skills, right? Skills that I could scale. Okay. Sales, right? When I was, I learned marketing when I was doing dropshipping. I studied sales letters for hours and hours and hours and I wrote copy, right? And I figured out how copy worked and how landing pages worked. I learned how to build web. I know how, I'm very good at building websites off, off camera earlier. I showed you, I showed you this website. I whipped up in like two or three hours yesterday. Like I'm good at building websites. I'm good at copy and I'm really good at sales, right? How do I integrate all three of those things? Right. Those are the most probably the tra most transferable skills, especially in an online attention economy, which is what we live in now. Right. The more attention you have on yourself, the more money you make. Mm -hmm. People do it through paid advertising and they do it through organic reach. Right. How do you generate as much attention? Right. So then I realized social media would be a thing. So then how do you ge generate as much valuable attention to your like, how do you deliver as much value and generate as much attention as possible? Right. So I started building a brand. I knew I could build a marketing agency. I could do that in my fucking sleep. Easy. Call. Hello. Do you want this service? Okay. No. Call the next person. Hello. Do you want this service? Same shit. Then you realize, okay, social media can be a thing. You start building a personal brand. We're starting to diversify now because now you have a market. Now you have a cash flow business from your skills that you have. Then you start to translate those cash flow business that that the skills that you use to build the cash flow business online. Then you can do things like teach other people to build a cash flowing business, right? Then on top of that. You have product, you can create products around there. So now we got four different things. We got three, four different things, four different things so far. Then how do you generate more attention to the thing that you already built? Okay, well, maybe I'll start a podcast. Maybe I'll get on to like, people are like, oh, maybe I'll start a podcast. Maybe I'll get on TikTok. Every single day that they wait, you're losing money. You're losing the compounding, the compound effect. Yep. So then on top of that, you take the more cash flow. So you continually start building up cash flow. The more cash flow you build, then you can start investing in real asset classes, real estate, stock, stock market, uh, secure, securities, and then crypto, right? That's the big three, right? Then you can also invest in other businesses, right? That's we're, we're at six things now. You can start investing in other businesses. So then on top of that, all of those other things, you might find ways to improve the other things that you're currently doing, right? Maybe a new product or a different type of product. And you start to add these levels of income streams, right? When they said, oh, the average millionaire has seven different ways to make money. I was like, what? Seven different ways to make money. I was like, don't you really only need one? And you hear like Hormozzi talk about like, you only need one all the time. Like one outreach channel, one, you know, yeah, one yeah. offer, one thing, right? That, that's all well and good. I absolutely agree. But I'm like, you got to diversify. And it's not, they have seven ways of, they have seven different businesses making the money. They just have their shit diversified to where if one thing goes, the six are still going. Exactly. Right. So that's how you do it. Anybody will tell you, Zach, am I, am I right on that? hundred percent. So that's how I did it. And that's how I'm going to continue to do it. And it's just going to, it's, it's just going to be like a, a snowball ro rolling down a mountain, right. Until it becomes an avalanche. That's how it's done. Um, Zach, when I, when I come to Miami, I come to Fort Lauderdale, we'll, uh, we'll absolutely uh, go get some drinks somewhere or do something, man. Absolutely, man. Let me know. Um, if I head to LA before then, I will let you know. But yeah, man, let me know next time you're in town, dude. I had a blast. Um, yeah, dude, I really enjoyed it. I really I had a good time. I appreciate you coming on, man. I think it's been a great conversation and people are going to take a, a lot out of it. Love it, man. I hope oh. everybody enjoys it. Um, I mean, should I plug, plug myself in? Yeah, go ahead. Where can we find you, bro? Yeah, find me on Twitter, Zach Machuca, Z-A-C-H-M-A-C-H-U-C-A. -A -A and um, Instagram, because uh, I'm, I'm doing both, right? Uh, you yeah. can find me, Zachy, Z-A-C-H-Y. Z-A-C-H-Y? Yep. 
Is that it? That's it. <laughs> Bro, take care, man. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care, David. Take care.